0: Thank you for tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. So back in high school, uh, I had a lot of rules that I was supposed to follow um, to stay out of trouble. Um, One of those rules was you were never supposed to go and watch a fight because you never knew what was going to happen at the fight. Well, one day after school, we would heard that there was going to be a fight. So I went. Don't tell my mom. She doesn't know. Um, So we loaded up into a car. Uh, This fight was happening off campus. So we showed up. We got there early. We got a good spot. And so we jump out of the... This is important. If you're going to go, you have to see it. So we jump out of the car and we're waiting, and then one of the guys who, who was there to fight, like he, he's there, he's ready, first one on the scene, and so we're just waiting. We're waiting for the next guy to show up. So then a car pulls up, and then a couple people get out of the car, and, and the guy who came to fight the guy who was already there, he gets out of the car. But I noticed something different about this guy. Like He didn't look very excited to be there. It was almost as if he might have been forced into the car to show up for the fight. Because when he got out, he didn't have a mean look on him. He just looked like he would have rather been anywhere else than right then. And then I noticed something else about him. like He wasn't very aggressive. He just did like this as he got out of the car and he's standing there. The guy that showed up first, he was already on his way to him. And I remember this like it was yesterday. As he got closer to the guy who stepped out of the car, one of his friends yells from the side, don't say anything, just hit him. That was the only punch necessary for the fight that day. Never before have I seen this in real life. I had only seen this in cartoons. He hit this guy so hard that his feet and his head were parallel as he made his way to the ground. I had never seen that before. Fight was done there were a couple of extra things that happened after that, but that was all that was needed. And and I learned something that day that has stuck with me. You see, there was a fight that day, but only one guy came to fight. It didn't matter that the other guy didn't want anything to do with the fight. It didn't matter that, that he showed up and he was trying to be passive and maybe not get into it. It didn't matter. He showed up to a fight. Only one guy was ready to fight what I have to share with you this morning is along those same lines, because you may not feel this morning like you're a fighter, like you're a warrior. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you may not think, oh, I hope something jumps off today. There are probably a few of us like that here in the room, but not everybody. Some of us may be just like that guy. You may not even want to fight. Pastor Kevin, I'm more of a lover. I'm a conscientious objector today. I don't really want to get into a fight We may not even feel like there's anything to fight over. Nothing's that important. Like if you want what I have, you can have it. It's not that big a deal. We may not even want to accept that there is an invisible war right now being waged around us. But none of those feelings change the reality that there is a fight and we are in it. Paul says this in Ephesians 6, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Paul writes an incredible book, the book to the Ephesian church. And he talks about a lot of things, being made new in Christ and being alive in Christ. And and you have a new identity, a new way to decide things. You can be just like him. But as he puts this finishing touches on his book, he lets us in on a secret that really shouldn't be a secret, nor should it come as a surprise to us when he states this. He says that we're in a fight But there's an enemy that we need to be on guard against. And I think that it's a secret that really shouldn't be that. Because we can go all the way back to the very beginning of your Bible. And we can see this fight happening. We can see in the garden the serpent showing up. We can look throughout different places in scripture. And see this battle waging back and forth. We can look at Calvary and see this fight happening again. You can look back in your own life. You can think about some of the hardships that you've been through and some of the days that that you just thought, man, something different is happening. This doesn't feel just like regular stress. It doesn't feel like regular stuff. It feels like there's something just that I can't really see happening, like almost that there's a force coming against me right now. We may not be able to put it in words before, but Paul puts it out there very plain and simple for us. If he could say it another way, he might say that life with Jesus isn't a playground, it's a battleground. So if we're in a fight, if there is a battle to be won, a battle to be fought in, a line to be taken aside to step on, then there are some things that we better check this morning. Pray with me. Jesus, we come to you this morning and we ask that your word would would challenge us this morning. Lord, it would come alive to us. It wouldn't just be words on paper or on our screen. It would come to life, and it would reside deep down in our hearts. It would convict us. It would challenge us. It would move us to where you want us to be. Lord, speak to each and every one of us this morning. And, Lord, I ask that you would anoint me this morning as I communicate your word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go back to the text, because there are some things that we definitely need to make sure we are checking on if we are in a fight. Let's look back at verse 10. Paul starts out this way, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The first thing that I wanna ask you to make sure you're checking this morning that we all need to check is we need to check our source. Here's here's the, the, the point here. This keyboard has a power switch and a power cord. The only way this keyboard comes on is if this power cord is plugged into a source that gives it adequate power. If I unplug this, nothing. Will come out no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I beat on it, no matter how much I wish that it would play music until I check the source and make sure that it is plugged into power. Then when I try, it's booting up or I would play on it right now. Then when I get to it, it actually has something that it can offer. Some of us are so tired that we're not actually exhausted from the battle. We're exhausted because we have been using all of our physical strength to fight a spiritual battle. We've been exhausting ourselves trying to figure out how to wage war in this and fighting against people and things and stuff like that. And we're so exhausted, but maybe it's because we need to check our source. Maybe it's because we've been using all of our physical strength in this spiritual battle. Can I tell you, I don't care how strong you are this morning, your strength will never be enough. Paul tells us very, clean, very cleanly, clearly, and plainly that we need God's power. He uses a phrase here, be strong in the Lord. And when I, when I read that this week, as I began to think about it, I was like, oh man, this just brings back words that God spoke to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Before they would go into battle, they would be reminded to be strong, to remind them exactly who was stepping out onto the battlefield and whose strength they needed to walk onto the battlefield. We have to check our source. We're, be, we're to be strong, not in my power, but in his power. And not just his power. I hope you these words don't just fall and be like, oh, that was cool. It, it says his mighty power. This isn't just Regular power. This is big dog power. This is big, strong power. These are muscles like Pastor Alex got, but then even more than that, if you think he's got big muscles. This is mighty power that never runs out and it can energize us. And I love this thought because sometimes I feel like we celebrate God as such a good God and He is a good Father and He is loving, but let's not sleep on the fact that He is a strong and powerful and mighty God. And when he steps onto the battlefield, that the might and the power that he brings with him as he steps onto the battlefield, he always steps onto a victorious battlefield. There is never a battle that he stepped into that he lost. There was never one that was in contention that he may lose because that's not who he is. He is mighty, And strong, and he wins every time. And so, can I tell you this morning that we are in a fight, but we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory because the God that gives us power has already won every battle that we could ever face. And that's an important key that we need to be reminded of. And Paul tells us be strong. In the Lord. Those words right there actually mean to be strengthened by His power. Plug into this source and use and get what He has given us. We have access to His power. We just have to ask for it. And when we feel like we're running low, guess what I can do? I can ask for it again. Jesus tells us that He is the vine and we are the branches. And if we want to bear fruit, if we want life like He wants to give to us, that all we have to do is remain in Him. I have to stay connected to him to get all that he wants to give me, to give me his strength, to give me his peace, to give me all of the things that he hopes that I would walk in. I have to stay in relationship with him. Well, how do I do that? Well, where are you spending your time? What are you most passionate about? What experience are you prioritizing I would tell you in order to stay in relationship with God, to be in him, you need to make sure you are prioritizing your time to spend with him. That you're spending time in his word and you're spending time in prayer. You're spending time in his house with his people, that I'm giving my all to the things that he has called me to do in his name, that I would be willing to give everything that I have. Is it a song that I would sing? Is it oil that I would pour out? Is it any, whatever it is, God, I'm in for it. That's what I'm willing to give. We just need to be in him. And let's not forget, sometimes we kind of bypass this, but we do have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And, and that isn't something that we should gloss over or just simply walk by because the truth of the matter is the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us is the same power the Bible says that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power that we have access to. That's the strength that lies within us if we will check our source. Pastor Kevin, I'm not sure. I don't know if I can do that. Well, that's, that's okay. Paul has something for you because I don't want you to miss the first word of this, uh, of this verse. He says, finally, therefore, from now on, depending on the translation that you are looking at, he says this, look, this is a good reminder. All of this stuff, it's okay. From now on, be strong said yesterday, man, I didn't feel very... That's good. From now on, tap into God's strength. But man, I've been beat up so many times. That's good. From now on, be strengthened by his mighty power. From now on, you can be a warrior. From now on, you can make a difference. From now on, you can last this battle out. You can, because from now on, we will be strengthened with his strength and not our own strength. That's the first thing we have to check. Let's keep reading. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Notice with who and where the fight is. Notice with who and where the fight is. The second thing we have to do is check our foe. We spend so much time fighting with people. You see, this battle, sometimes it does show up at the place that you work. It shows up in your coworkers and in the the disagreements you have in families. It shows up sometimes here in the physical world with, with friends and coworkers and people that rub us the wrong way. You know those people. The people at work, you walk the long way around so you don't have to go by their desk. Or on the Zoom call, you put the piece of tape over their face or you hope they don't have their camera on. And it does show up sometimes like that. But we have to remember that Paul reminds us that our fight is not with flesh and blood. We have to stop wasting time fighting people and start fighting the devil. Paul doesn't mince words here. He says, you better check your foe. You better know exactly who you're fighting against. So let's look. We have to know who he is. We have to know what he does, what he's capable of, so that we can know how to fight against him. In Scripture, we see the devil described as the adversary, the accuser of the brethren, the tempter. He's not just a liar. He is the father of lies. But then we see Jesus call him the ruler Of this world in John 14, the prince and the power of the air, the ruler of culture, of society, of structured society. And he's not just by himself, he has principalities and powers with him, and they're stuck in high and heavenly places, and they're there to do damage. They're there to set up a society and a culture that is moving further and further away from God. Can I tell you something? You should not be surprised. When legislation is passed that moves our country further from God. You should not be surprised when the popular things in culture move further away from God. Because if I pay attention to what Paul said, all of these things are right where he said they were going to be. These things are controlled by the enemy of our soul, our adversary. And he would love nothing more than for us to just kind of get lulled into society and culture. That's why we have to be mindful of what we're doing and where we're doing. We're supposed to be in the world and not of the world. We can't let the the culture and society squeeze us into the mold It's created because the creator of said mold is our enemy. And look, I I can, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I really don't like to give Satan very much credit. Um, I I don't like to talk about him very much um, because I don't want to ever feel like this is is a, a battle that I can't win. But the truth of the matter is that he is a strong adversary. He has power. I mean, he has, he's probably stronger than most of us want to give him credit for. I know at times this is true for me, but let's pay attention because he's compared to a dragon and a lion for a reason. He's not just strong too. Paul says that we have to pay attention against the wiles of the devil, against his strategies against us, against the the temptations, the slick ways that he will slide in to try to trip us up. Because here's the truth, if he can't devour us and defeat us, he will look to distract, divert, dilute our testimony, and divide us against each other. He's strong, and he's smart, and you have to pay attention. What's his goal? He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy your whole life. That is what he's built for. That's what he hopes for. He knows that misery loves company. So guess what? He's trying to get as much company as he possibly can get. And sometimes in order to take us out, he takes us on head on. He fights us, and we're in a battle. Other times he tries to slide in and lull you to sleep and get you to compromise your character and get you to inch a little bit closer towards him and a little bit further away from God. And other times he slides in that temptation that you weren't expecting, that you didn't see coming, that snaps on you and traps you in sin that you wanted so badly to stay away from. He does all of these things because he's out to get you. He's strong, he's smart, but... I want to tell you something this morning. He, he is strong, and he does have power, but not as much as God. I, I love this. I, I heard this once by Lisa Turkhurst, and I'm just going to make it my own eventually. She says it like this. The enemy is strong. He is powerful, but he, and he is vicious, but he's not victorious. I, I want you to write that down this morning because, in the moments where he feels like he can overwhelm you, when life begins to kind of close in around you, when you think there's no possible way of escape, he's got you trapped, he's got you surrounded, he's piling on guilt and shame and condemnation. You can remember these words that he may be vicious, but he is not victorious. Verse 13, therefore. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. So knowing that we need God's strength, knowing that there is a fight to be fought, knowing that we have an enemy, it's now time to check your fit. Begin to check what you have on. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Before I got married, I can be honest with you guys, man, I thought I could dress really well. I mean, I thought I was doing a really good job. After all, I dressed well enough that she liked me, right? But you know what I've learned over the last 16 years of marriage? Yep, that face right there. I can't dress. And I need Mel's help to make me look the way that I look. And you know what? Sometimes I fight this, but most of the days I simply come out of our closet with clothes on, and I just ask her, Does this work? I, I come out and, and I do something like this. I, I ask her to check out my outfit, or I say, Hey, babe, fit check. <laughs> Sometimes the poses are even better than that. <laughs> Most time, it doesn't matter what my pose is. She just rolls her eyes and then tells me, uh, Is that really what you're wanting? No, it's not. I just, this was a test. This was, this was what I was hoping you would say to put back, you know, just got extra time to kill. Um, but I asked her for a fit check. And, and for those of you that are like, what in the world is a fit check? This is where I would just simply ask her to check out my outfit. Fit check, check my outfit. Outfit. Or you would say it to someone um, that has something good on, and you would, you would compliment them that, hey, look at your outfit. All right, I, I, see, I see that fit check right there. All right. There are people that post online videos of their outfits, and you will see the taglines of the fit check, and they'll walk through every bit of clothing that they have on. And now for most of us, that's probably not us. Some of you are like, I know what I'm doing this afternoon. I got them all lined up but for some of us we're like nah that stuff's not important but none of us none of us like are on this side where we don't care at all we might not care that much but we care some we care how we look a little bit but over the next few weeks we're going to take time and we're just kind of hang out right here with this thought of fit check not so that we can focus on, on how good we look on the outside, but so that we can make sure that as followers of Christ, we're wearing what we should be wearing as we step onto the battlefield. You see, Fit Check will be a series where we will take a look at the armor of God and talk about it so that we can make sure that we know about it and that we're utilizing it. And you may be thinking already, but Pastor Kevin, I don't know what's going to match with the, breast, the breastplate of righteousness. It's all right. When we get there, you're not going to worry about matching. You're just going to be happy that you got it on. But see, this is something that we may not talk about enough, and some of us are suffering the consequences because of it. We all need this. Not just in the day that we step onto a battlefield and feel like we're fighting, but the reality is you are already in the middle of the fight put on what you need it is time to check out your fit we got to do this what are you bringing to this fight because there is a fight are you showing up like this or are you showing up ready to go 2 Corinthians 10:4 tells us that we've got weapons But you better make sure you bring the right ones to the table. Bring the right ones to the fight. These are weapons not of this world. These weapons, on the contrary, have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have weapons. We have armor. And Paul is going to lay it out over the next couple of weeks. We're going to spend some time looking at these things. But as we get into this, I want you to notice the wording that Paul uses here. He doesn't say, hey, you got some armor that you can put on. Hey, there are a few things I want you to pick out of this list and take those. No, he says you need the whole armor of God and put on all of the armor of God. In four verses, he says two different times that you need every single piece. So stop walking out your house half naked in this fight. You're not going to walk out the house with no pants on. Stop walking out, leaving yourself vulnerable to the enemy without having armor on. Here's the thing. Satan looks for unguarded areas. He's looking for the spots where you're weakest at. He's looking in a spot where he can get a foothold so that he can turn that into a chokehold. He's hoping to end all of what God has for you, for your life. That's why we need the whole armor, not just parts, because the devil will exploit the areas that are exposed. And those are the places that we have chose to not put the armor on. So some of you are like me. When we begin to talk about this, you can think, okay, we're gonna fight, I gotta get ready for it, I gotta get my game up, I gotta start figuring out what kind of armor am I gonna use. We start spinning our minds on how we are going to fight this. And I want, I want you to hear this because this is a part that sometimes we overlook. And for me, this is the best part about this. You don't have to make your own armor. It's already been made. What does Paul say? Put on the whole armor of God. Can I tell you this already? He's already prepared the armor. You just got to put it on. And it's not like the armor that David put on when he tried to put on Saul's armor and it didn't fit and it wasn't quite right. No, God made this armor, every piece of it so that it fits you perfectly. So that when you walk out onto the battlefield, you have exactly what you need to defend and attack, to defend and attack. See, some of us are walking out with only one or two things. We might walk out with the sword of the spirit and we're hacking at the enemy. We're hacking at the world. But the problem is we get so tired of swinging that now I got nothing to block the shots of the enemy and I'm taking way more hits than I should. And some of us, we got the shield of faith and we're telling everyone of how our faith is keeping us whole. But we're continually taking that barrage from the enemy and we're taking steps back because we We can't advance. We don't have anything to beat the enemy back with. We need to stop going out with only half of what we need. You have to check your fit this morning. The last thing that Paul says that we need to check as the worship team comes is we need to check our stance. Check our stance. Rod, will you wave your hand for me real quick? Yep. Yep. My man, Rod, right there. What you may not know about this man right here is he, um, he trains, he fights, um, he's raising up a little army of jiu-jitsu warriors in his house, and he'll tell you this. The way you stand when you fight matters. I gotta be ready to defend. When I, I gotta be ready to explode forward. I gotta be ready to move in and out. I gotta be ready to block. If I'm standing like this, Or if I'm standing, if I give you my back when we're we're rolling, that's a bad, look, he already got excited. Look at it. He's like, rear naked choke, I got you already. See, sometimes we don't pay attention enough to our stance and we wonder why we feel so defeated because I just gave the enemy my back and he just began to choke me out. Or I just stood here like this and he already started swinging. I didn't put myself in the right stance to defend or to block or to advance against him. But I want to tell you this morning, Paul says, that we need to check our stance. Because if we will do these things, if we will begin to grab God's armor, to use his power and his strength, that when the fight is done, if you check your stance, you should still be standing. All of this is so that not so you don't get knocked down, but so that you don't get knocked out. Because I can be honest with you, the battle sometimes knocks me down. It sometimes even makes me not want to get back up. But if I will tap into God's power, if I will tap into who he says I am, if I will grab a hold of the outfit that he's put together for me, his armor, and I begin to check who my foe is and aim right, I can realize I can check my stance and, hey, I'm still standing Hey, I I might have a bruise, I might have a black eye, I may have a battle wounds and scars, but I'm still standing. Look at your neighbor and tell him. Say, man, I'm still standing. No, no, no. Tell him like you know you're in a fight. Look at him again and tell him, man, I'm still standing. Man, keep standing, guys. Keep standing up. Keep standing your ground Keep getting back up. Keep grabbing what God has placed in front of you. I want to remind you of this fact. You are still here. And so is God. And when the fight comes, because the fight will come whether you want it to or not, when the dust settles, if you do these things, if we begin to tap into God, we will still be standing it doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt sometimes it doesn't mean that you're going to hate the fight sometimes but it does mean this that no matter how much the enemy throws at you no matter how much weight he puts on to break you no matter how many times he swings to knock you down no matter how many times he tries to take you out every single time you will be standing because he is guaranteed to fail today, man, if you feel like you've been knocked down one too many times, this is your day to get back up. This is the day that you can stand up, that you can look in this room and you can know that there are people that will stand with you and fight with you. You can get back up today. From now on, you can choose to use his strength. From now on, you can tap into that never-ending power that he's placed at your fingertips. From now on, you can fight the right enemy. From now on, you can take up and put on the whole armor of God. From now on, we can remember that we fight from victory and not for victory. From now on, we can remember that the God that we serve is a conqueror. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the champion. He is wearing the victor's crown. He has never lost a battle, and he won't start losing with us. Romans 8 reminds us that when God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against you. That when God is with you, it doesn't matter who was on the opposite side. That when you step onto that battleground, you step into victory. Victory that he won for you. That he's willing to share with you so that you don't have to worry about losing. I want you to remember that the strikes from the enemy are desperation strikes. He's fighting a losing battle. He's hoping that he can knock some people down that will choose to stay down because he's already lost. I want to remind you this morning that you are valuable. That the God of the universe chose to come and fight for you. Jesus chose to leave heaven. He chose to vacate his throne, to come down and put an end to all that was keeping us from getting back to him. He fought against sin. He fought against death. He fought against the enemy. And guess what? He's victorious. Because you were worth it. He was worth, it was worth all that pain because, Cam, you were the prize. That was what he was fighting for. You were worth every ounce of blood that he spilled. You were worth every step that he took to get to the cross. It was worth it because you are worth it. And some of you need to realize that God is telling you this morning, you are so very worth the fight. No one may have ever fought for you your entire life. But this morning, I want you to know that God, he did. And he always will. He loves you this morning with a love that maybe you've never experienced. And he hopes that him fighting for you will choose to one day you choosing him and choosing to give him your life so that you can experience life that he created for you to have, a life that satisfies and fills more than anything else that you've ever experienced. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? You take a moment... And just answer the question, am I right with God this morning? Is my relationship with him aware it should be? Or do I need to have a relationship restored with Jesus this morning? You say, Pastor Kevin, man, I, I need to restore my relationship with Jesus. I need to connect my heart to his. Would, would you pray with me this morning? Would you lift your hand? If that's you this morning, would you lift your hand? Pastor Kevin, man, I need, I need to reconcile my heart to Jesus. I see anybody else today, I need God. I need you to restore that relationship. Is there anyone else that you would say, Pastor Kevin, man, today I feel it. I hear his voice. And I want to respond today. Would you stand with me all across the auditorium? We're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray for the benefit of everyone who raised their hand and those that should have. Because I believe this that God is moving. He's already knocking on, on hearts, He's speaking to people. There may be a couple more. So will you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I need you today. I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. Thank you for loving me and fighting for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Today, I give you my life. I give you my hopes and my dreams. They're yours. God, fill me with who you are. Make me brand new. Give me new thoughts. Give me new direction. Give me new dreams. I give you everything today and I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now we wanna celebrate, because there there are a few of you today that that you already raised your hand and you said, Pastor Kevin, man, that's that's me. But there may be a few more and we wanna celebrate right now. Heaven is going crazy. So if you raised your hand today, if you prayed that prayer, and you said, Jesus, come into my heart. I need to reconcile my relationship with you. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. When I get to three, I want everybody to go crazy. The worship team is going to sing. One, did you raise your hand today? Two, did you accept Jesus? Did you restore relationship? Three, if that was you, raise your hand high in the air. I restored my relationship with Jesus. I accepted him today. Let's worship together. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.